everybody, and welcome to Leslie Said What. I am super, super excited to be here tonight, and I'm so glad that you all are here. If you don't know what Leslie Said What is, the whole point of this show is to discuss the things that everybody should be talking about and discussing and getting out in the open, and um, but they usually don't. <laughs> So, um, yeah, my show will often leave you saying, Leslie said what? Yeah. So welcome to Leslie said what? Um, And I know it sounds kind of crazy and controversial, but I promise you that is not my intent. My intent is to help people be transformed through transparency. And transparency from myself, transparency from my guests, transparency from those who are in the comments that like to share and make comments. So make comments tell us how you feel okay join the conversation so let's see who all is in here tonight make sure you say hey in the comments below so that we can recognize you okay join the conversation and if you're like okay all right what's the conversation actually about tonight because maybe you just hopped in here by accident well tonight guys let me just tell you it's a good one, okay? I know that I say, this, I say this every week, but I promise you, tonight the conversation is a good one. It is gonna answer the question, why is it so easy to leave the church, but so hard to come back? I know y'all like, mm, girl, that's gonna be interesting, because yeah, it is, I ain't gonna even lie. And the best part about it is I have an amazing co-host, um, AKA guest speaker, who is going to join me tonight to filter in, um, some of the questions and comments that you guys present, and also to share her personal story as well as myself. So join the conversation, guys. Why is it so easy to leave the church but so hard to come back? I am going to welcome my beautiful and wonderful sister-in-law. Her name is Brianna Anderson. Can we all give it up for Brianna? Hey, girl, hey. hey. <laughs> How are you? Good, 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 good. It's been a long day, but good, good. <laughs> yes, Brianna and I had a little bit of a technical issue earlier. <laughs> so so we are so glad. Praise the Lord. It worked out for her to be here. Yes, so, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so we have a few comments. Let's just look at that real quick. Oh, Paulette, she is saying ready. Well, we are glad you're ready, Paulette, and we are so glad that you are joining us uh, to answer this question and to also join our discussion. So, Bree, let's just dive right in. Why is it you think so easy for people to leave the church but so hard to come back? Um, honestly, I think it's so easy to leave the church because we never had our minds focused on God. So when we were going to church, we were going for the people and not for God. Like for me, it wasn't necessarily easy to leave the church. I had a moment where, you know, I got caught up and, you know, and this is before I was married or anything. Got caught up and I kind of strayed off. I left, you know, I didn't come a few Sundays, but then I popped back up. It wasn't hard to come back. It was just hard to gain that relationship back with God was my thing. So it's easy to leave the church because we're not focused on the right things when we're in the church. We're focused on everybody else and we allow people to let us leave the church instead of keeping our minds focused on God is part of the issue. 
Now, that's good because, see, a lot of us, what, what happens is, and we talked about this a little bit last week when we were talking about um, why is it so hard to love church people. So it's interesting that you um, bring that up as far as, like, a lot of times we allow people to be our distraction and allow us to leave the church. So because nine times out of ten, I'm telling you, most of the people that I talk to, the first thing they, they, they say as to why they left the church or why they don't go to church anymore is they will give you a whole long story on how somebody right. mistreated them or hurt their feelings or did something, said something, testified about something, let's be for real. <laughs> you know, that took them away from the church. So it's funny that that is something that you brought up. Yeah, because I know like a lot of people, they leave because the church hurt. But honestly, you can't allow church hurt to cause you to leave because wherever you go, church hurt is going to follow. And some people got to understand, too, if the same thing at church keeps happening, you got to look at yourself and be like, am I the problem? Am I the issue? Because you can't keep church hopping and leaving and all that stuff. Like, I understand for younger people, it is hard because you're young. So if you come to Christ at a young age, understand you're gonna mess up because you're young you haven't experienced anything and when you get older and all that stuff you start hanging around different people you're like oh that seems so interesting like I really want to try it for me I didn't grow up in the church like most people did like I grew up in the church but it wasn't like apostolic faith or any of that it was like non-denomination so you know it wasn't as strict and as you know by Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. book for me it's like yeah I was one of those I go to church every Sunday do I pray? Not really. Um, you know, I just go to church. I used to go to church for singing. Let me just be honest. I didn't go to church for the word. I didn't go to church for that. I just went for the singing. And as soon as they got ready to preach, I was out of there. So I was going to the church for the wrong reasons at one point. And I mean, it took me a minute until like, what, four, maybe five years ago, I actually found a church that talked about God, who he is, the expectations. And I was like, wow this makes so much more sense. So, I mean, once you get to know God, it's easy. And for me, because I wasn't growing up under a strict household, I kind of had, I didn't have free reign, like they were strict, but not like, you know, Bible strict type thing. Kind of like, you know, listen to what I tell Mm -hmm. you, all that stuff. So I slipping dipping doing what I wanted and didn't have to worry about consequences because I didn't know nothing about consequences mm-hmm. or whatever. so it didn't affect me at a young age and that's why I came to Christ at what was I 20 19 years old and I won't miss in a beat because I already did everything that most people my age in Christ want to do because those who grew up from like literally five and up you haven't done anything you have people down your throat down your back all that stuff that was making sure you were doing right I didn't have that so I messed up very young and I'm still young and I corrected it I don't miss anything that I was doing back then I'm actually glad I got it out my system now than to be trying to do that because now is not the right time to be doing stuff like that so that's just yeah me yeah and it's something like um Definitely. I know this is not obviously something we do in our churches, but like even in the like if we look at a cultural aspect of it in the Amish church, a lot of them when their children turn 16 or get into their teenage years, that is when the majority of them, they send them out and have them to explore the world to see if it's something that they 
um, want to do or if they want to come back and actually rejoin the church. Now, that is like an obviously completely left op opportunity. But the way that you explain right. that makes complete sense. At a young age, it's oftentimes hard to embrace what it is that, you know, your parents are, if they're even in church, are trying to push at you and what your pastors may be pushing. Right. But what you said was key is finding God for yourself. That is something that I feel and a lot of people end up doing is think about it. Like even if, if like you said, you didn't grow up in the church. For me, I grew up in the church. And as a teenager, you know, you're going to the church and hearing, you know, what you got to do, what you got to do, what you got to do. And then you go to school and it's like, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that because you're not cool or don't do that. Don't do that because you're not going to fit in. So trying to find your place in church and find your place in school and in society as a young person is hard. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you constantly get that it pressure, is. instead of people educating you, they're more enticing you to try to do what it is they feel is best. Instead of encouraging you to go and exa examine it for yourself, to find out what it you believe for yourself. Because once you make that connection with God, I believe for yourself, that is when, hey, the lights come on and you're like, oh, psh. I ain't worried about the people. I ain't worried about, you know, doing this that, and the other. I'm worried about me and God. And I got to make sure me and God is straight. I'm not worried about if me and you are straight because I'm doing my part in that way. I'm loving you, but I got to have a relationship with him first. Right. And it's the crazy because, like, when you do leave the church, like, everything, you're not only leaving the church, it's like you're not leaving God, but you kind of put him on a back burner and you don't want to do that because at the end of the day he controls your grace and depending on what you left the church to go do whether it was because of church or you don't want to get comfortable and not going or not having that relationship because after a while you become accustomed to it and it's just mm -hmm. regular every day and you kind of forgot about them but it's kind of like the Sunday school lesson you know that we had or whatever your first love you got to always go back to your first love mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it doesn't mean it doesn't matter how you leave and don't really matter how you come back as long as you come back and if god wants you to come back you're gonna come back one way or another whether it's with one limb or whatever the case may be <laughs> me like when i left well i didn't i didn't leave i kind of like let's say took a break in a sense i took a break because i got tired of people telling me to do like leave me alone i'm young I want to have fun. Let me do what I'm going to do because I'm young. Like, you ain't going to tie me down at such a young age and tell me I can't do this, can't do that. And for me, it was hard because I came from a place of there was no consequences. I didn't know nothing about God and, you know, what you can and can't do. So to go to a church where now it's like I felt like, bro, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do that. But they say, oh, you know, being in Christ is so fun. I'm like, what is fun about being in Christ? It takes <laughs> <laughs> What's like, fun about being in Christ? That's time. hilarious. No, for I promise you the first. Oh, we year, lost you for a little bit. I was like, "What are you doing, Christ? Like, how do you have fun?" And I was like, "There's plenty of things to do in Christ without, you know, you know I don't want to say like drinking and all that partying." All that stuff. It's like, okay. Maybe, please. So I know because young people honestly need to know what you can do in Christ to keep you focused. Because if you were young like I am and not everybody is the same, you can strive and do the whole Christ thing for a minute. But after a while, when it's something new to you, you kind of revert back not knowing. 
because you don't know how to have fun in Christ because older people never tell you that. Older people never tell you how mm-hmm. to get through like the hard times and all that stuff, just like a lot of young people might struggle with fornication and all that. I can attest to that. I almost I was a fornicator at one point. It is what it is. <laughs> I didn't when I came into Christ, I didn't struggle with it. For some reason that was kind of one of those things when you got baptized, it stayed in the water, it didn't come back out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right, I got you. Certain things like when you come to Christ, you have to really come to him ready to give up any and everything. And for me, I already knew that when I got baptized, I'm leaving this in the water, that in the water, that in the water. And it takes time. You have to literally study, get in your word, keep yourself focused in order for that to stick. And you have to remind yourself, don't leave God. Don't leave God. It's not worth it. Just because you want to go through this, don't leave because it's only going to put you in a bad spot because it's a bad thing to play with God and, you know, act like you won't be in it. And then you try to stray away and he, like, grab you by your collar. Where you going? No, come back. Yeah. Because you're Mm -hmm. in it now. So you got to make sure that you're, like, legit in it before you get in it. If you're not ready to change or commit to God, let me tell you, leave him alone. That's right. It's true. Don't come playing with him because... It's a dangerous thing to play with God. And either yeah. you want in or you want out, he'd rather you be hot or cold. Because if you lukewarm, it's, no, he's not having that yeah. at all. So it's I so true. And I think that's honestly is why a lot of people don't think they ever technically left the church. Because technically they were still coming to church, but they weren't doing checking all the boxes. So for them, they didn't leave. Oh, I didn't leave. I just, you know, I mean. So there are some people that are walking into church every day. Every time the church is open, every time the church doors are open, they're in the church, in the church, but they're, they've technically left the church. So I liked how you had said that, like that when you're in the church and, you know, there, you, you, (laughs) you were in, there's certain things you left in the water, but there's some people who had hoped to, but being human and being who you are, you've, you, you've allowed things to slip. And so, you know, a lot of times with a lot of us, like, that's what it comes down to is we start letting little things slide and this little thing slide to the point where we ended up being like, look, I'm out to the point we didn't even realize how it happened. Um, right. Looking at the chat. Uh, hey, Chris. Um, Chris says, hi. Hey, family. Brittany says, game changer. <laughs> and then, hey, family. Latoya says, hey, hey, bae. Um, Sister Lisa said she's right. Their eyes are on people, not Jesus. There are a few times people leave because the church is toxic. That's not the norm. A judgmental and clicky church would be hard to go back to. Say that, Sister Lisa. It's that true. Is, she's right. That like, is very true. yeah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not gonna put the church on blast. But before I came into Christ, there was a specific church that you're probably familiar with. When I would always go there, I didn't feel welcome. I felt very judged because I knew to respect the house of God, but you know, they're strictly, you know, only wear skirts and all that. I wasn't like that. I wanted to be me and all that. I cut my hair, my hair was short. I dyed it. I wore makeup. I wore jeans. I didn't understand that at the time, you know, wearing jeans was disrespecting church until I started going to, you know, the church before I go to now. So I didn't know nothing about that, but they looked at me. They wouldn't let their children sit beside me because they acted like I was a harlot or whatever. And I was like, me? I was like, did you look at yourself? Because the problem is a lot of church people think that they save, save, and they don't mess up. But what people fail to remember that we sin every day, don't matter how long you've been in Christ and all this other stuff, whether you speak in tongues, 
you're going to sin. Everyone sins daily. No man is without sin. And I think people forget that because they think they're so holier than thou, which not going to lie, kind of irritates me and gets under my skin because you can't look down on others for the way they choose to sin when all sin is equal. You may sin differently, but you can't look at them different because they're sinning in a way that you wouldn't. All sin is equal. None is greater than the other. So for me, I just had certain people where it's like, how dare you? look down on me because this is who I choose to be at least I'm being real within myself and I'm not covering it up just because you wear your hat cocked to the side and your little two-piece suits it doesn't mean it means nothing just because you're wearing that yeah you're dressing the part you're playing the part but at the end of the day God sees you for who you really are and what people don't realize either yeah you've been in the church a sinner can read you just as well as someone in the church him because a sinner knows what you're doing because y'all have kindred spirits so kindred spirits relate to each other you might click to someone in the church maybe because they used to go through what you went through they might not tell you but there's a reason why y'all have that relationship and connection because y'all once were each other so people forget that and I just don't like the judgmental side of it because it makes people not want to come to church especially me I didn't want to go back there I go for the singing and I leave it'd be that simple now that's interesting that you said you go for the singing. Believe it or not, growing up, um, I remember a few few um, brothers that would come to the church because it was an opportunity for them to practice their instrument and their craft that they do on the side. So it was like, hmm, I get an opportunity to do what I need to do musically. And so, you know, for them, like you said, you would come to be able to just basically like a talent show, like an like a holy talent show is basically what it was. It wasn't that you were actually doing you know, the part, you looked the part, you acted the part technically, but you weren't technically the part. Sister Lisa says that breaks my heart to think we could turn others away from the best love ever in Jesus by our attitude is so sad. And you know what, Sister Lisa, I just want to put this out there to any and all. (laughs) I'm telling you, I have never felt more alienated and more alone than in church. I know that sounds crazy, but because I didn't feel like I was could fit in because I wasn't checking this box, that box, that box, and but not like spiritually. I'm talking about socially. Like it felt like you had to be like a certain part um, in order to even fit in socially. It was literally like high school, like sitting at the lunch table, but in pews. Like, hey, oh, you can't sit with me because I don't want to be associated with you. Um, Just like at the lunch table in high school. That's kind of how it felt at church. Like, um, well, this is us. That's you. You go over there. You sit over there. This is our table. This is our pew. You you know, this is where we dwell. Um, Same with like different um, social gatherings and things that they would do. It's like, okay, hey, this is us, that's you. And so I've never felt more alone than when at church because I couldn't fit in. I felt like I, I wasn't able to be up to par. And how is that love? How is that doing the greatest commandments that he says, the two, is to love him with all your heart, soul, and mind and to love others as yourself, okay? So here's the thing, wow. All right, if we're supposed to be showing the love, and if anybody has an issue on trying to figure out what love actually is, he breaks it down for us. So there's no excuse, guys. In Corinthians, he breaks down how love is patient, love is kind, love is, and he breaks it all down. 
And that's how we should be loving people. And if we're not, we're guilty, 110% guilty. Loving people first, judging them never, that is never a thing. And people are supposed to be judging someone. And the fact that this is the number one reason that people leave church is quite disturbing. It's sad and it's disturbing. Yeah, it really is. And I don't even it, it, it is. understand, like, there's cliques in the church, which makes no sense. Why are there cliques in the church when we all equal a part of the body? You might be the, the hand. I could be the toe. It don't matter. We're all supposed to be <laughs> even. one. And you're out here making us all feel like we're less important. Everyone has a role and a part to play in the body of Christ. And they don't forget that. And for you to push someone else away, like the blood would then be on your hands. Because you never know what state of mind somebody's in. Like Bradley always says it best. Everyone's intoxicated. You don't know what I have going on in my head when I do something. Love that. You have going on, but don't cause your intoxication to affect someone else. Because mm-hmm. you can't think about just yourself it's not always just about you you gotta think about the other person I love how you said that because some people literally are like do you even know what it took for me to walk through those doors this Sunday do you know what even it took me to walk through that door for bible study do you know what it even what I've been through to even just get into the building and then I'm and it's like people some people are just on the edge and like you said everybody has their issues and they're like I'm on the edge there's something that you could say that it can either push me over that cliff or or pull me back um Brittany says i encourage my teens to grow with our grow their own relationships and we have discussions about the whys why are you coming to church why are you why are you making the decision to get baptized are your actions a reflection of your heart's desires or are your actions based on what you think your parents grandparents others want to do say that Oh my goodness, is it what they want you to do? Brittany, you better say that because that was my problem. I was checking boxes because that's what they told me I was supposed to do. Like, I didn't know. And if people ask you, okay, why you you do this? Why you doing that? Well, my pastor told me, my mama told me, my daddy told me. Right. I mean. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I was, I think I was like 15. I got baptized, right? I didn't know I got baptized. I didn't know the meaning behind it, the reason. They just saw the thing. I, somehow I ended up signed up. I got baptized. I didn't know what I was doing until I started going to another church. And then I actually learned the reason and the meaning behind getting baptized. So then I was like, okay, let me go back down in the water now that I know the actual meaning. Because people do it. It's almost like just because I see other people doing it, I'm going to do it. Mark it off my list. Yeah. No, you can't be doing that. But Christ, you got to know exactly why you're doing it. Otherwise, you're doing it in vain. Because that's not something you want to play with. Like going down in the water, you're telling God, okay, God, I'm done. I'm ready to change. I surrender Mm -hmm. to you. Here's my all. Take it away. I don't want it anymore. If you Mm -hmm. go down there not knowing why you're going down there, you can come up, as my old pastor used to say, you can go down a devil and come up a wet devil. It's the same thing. Right. (laughs) That's how you're doing it. Because you don't know why you're doing it at all. So you have to understand the reason why you get baptized. And then once you, I promise, once you get baptized, you know the meaning behind it, you change, and then you gain that relationship with God and everything. And then when people try to offend you in the church, you understand God will start speaking to you and let you know, hey, you're not here for them. You're here for me. Keep your eyes focused on me. I understand what they're saying, but focus on me. And I'll keep Mm -hmm. you in the perfect peace that you need to be. Because people can't allow other people to run them away from the church 
and they don't even know what they're talking about half the time. Half of it, it's not even Bible, it's religion. And people have to get out of the religion aspect of it and read the Bible for themselves because everyone gets so tied up in religion. You can't do this, can't do that. The Bible, I know this is a big argument. The Bible doesn't say you can't wear pants. I know a lot of people out there might disagree. The Bible did not say that you can't wear pants because Jesus was wearing, you know, the robes and the dresses. If that's the case, women should not be able to wear dresses because they started out with the robes first. I'll tell you that much. Well, see, and, and the thing is, Deuteronomy and all that, but no. See, and that's the thing. People misunderstand the whole purpose in everybody who wears skirts. Like they wear skirts out of obedience. This is the church standard of holiness. Therefore, they wear skirts to adhere to the church standard, to the holiness standard that is aligned in the church. No, it is not a heaven or hell issue. It is not a heaven or hell issue. I repeat, it is not a heaven or hell issue. Okay? <laughs> that is one thing we do have to get across. Um, Sister Lisa said, no one should feel alone in church. It happens and I felt felt it. So has Kelly. I look for for the ones that seem alone and are drawn to them like it, like it or not, LOL. We need to build each other. Yes, Sister Lisa, that is my whole point in this. Like, Sister Lisa, this is literally why I created this show, is to talk about the things that we all make. And some people, I'm just putting this out there, not everybody in the church. Um, means to offend. Not everybody in the church means to. Some people just don't real don't realize it, and it's we have to literally jerk ourselves in a collar and do what Matthew says. If you have an odd against your brother, you go to them one on one. But a lot of times we like to run our mouths, but we don't go to people one on one. This is something we talked about last week as well, and and so that's the thing is that when I see I'm I'm with you, says Lisa. When I see that someone is kind of like the outcast, you know, the person on the outside. Um, I kind of go over to them to encourage them as well, because it's like, mm, I'm going to make sure they know that I see them. And as much as I say this to other teachers, because, you know, being a high school teacher, I tell teachers that kids are sen sensitive and vulnerable at this age. So it's essential that everybody be seen like that. They, you know, they know you're there, respect them enough to know that they are seen, show them love that they are, that you see them, you love them for who they are, not for who they, you know, they expect are expected to, to be, mm -hmm. you know, um, sister Lisa said, it's so easy to just do it to please others. Um, when you do it because Jesus opens your eyes to it, it's so easy. It's so easy to obey him. Truth, truth. Uh, Britt mm -hmm. says, right. Checking off boxes because it was what you saw. And ultimately you knew you didn't want to go to hell. However, you hadn't cre created the foundation for yourself yeah. to be successful and grow. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay, Britt. Like, I'm with you. The whole hell thing. <laughs> I don't know about you, Brie, but I know me. They always tried to scare I me. I was scared to death. <laughs> and they used to always say, I'm going to scare the hell out of you. <laughs> yeah, like, like I'm going to so scare you know all of that hell out of you. Mm -hmm. Literally, y'all, it literally, I was scared to death. Like, I didn't want to go to hell. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to go with the devil. So oh Jesus, God. yes, Lord, I love you because I don't want to go to hell. And that's not how God that. operates. That is not how we operate. Okay, so I'm not going to lie. For me, you know, out in the world, I still knew there was a heaven and hell. And I was like, I didn't want to go to hell. But once I came into Christ and I actually learned everything, I was like, Lord, I, I, I thought I was going to hell for every little thing. 
Like, I promise you, if I heard, like, rap music, I was like, oh, Lord, I'm going to hell. I was like, Jesus, Jesus. I was like, oh, Lord, you shut up. I was like, oh, Lord. Then the Lord had me fully, I, I didn't fully leave the cussing in the water at the time when, you know, I first back then a few years ago. Then it came to my mind. It was like, well, Lord, you said it's what proceeded out the mouth. I was like, it didn't come out the mouth, but it came to the mind. I said, I'm going to hell. I was like, Lord, have mercy. I was like, I don't know what to do. It's it literally my anxiety level. I have an anxiety disorder as it is, but to, the anxiety before I knew how God works and his grace and his mercy, I'm telling you, all I kept hearing growing up was one thing like it thou and you're going to hell. One thing like it thou. So girl, I was like, oh my gosh, I said something in my head today. I'm going to hell. Like, I'm like, Jesus, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm Jesus, I'm sorry. I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to burn forever. I don't want to burn. So that literally drove me to the altar to get saved. But now it's shifted. Like, I know about his grace. I know that I can't earn my way. Like, I know there's nothing that I can do that's going to impress him into heaven. Like, I'm not trying to impress my way to God. I'm trying to just live for him and do my best. And he knows that. And the thing is, is when we're talking about like um that relationship once it's built you like Mm-mm, boo you ain't coming yeah, between me and my god Mm-mm. i'm not gonna let you contaminate me and that's what the thing is, yeah. is we're not responsible for our actions. i mean we're not responsible for their reaction to our actions we're only responsible right. for how we act we can't control them if we could girl we'd be mm-mm. <laughs> i know for me like i was talking to my sister earlier and there was a girl, it was like she got offended off the littlest things. And I'm like, what did I say? What did I do? I didn't know what exactly you're getting offended off of. And the problem is, it was like you had to go get it right. And she was coming to get it right. But I'm like, girl, I don't know what you're trying to get right. Because you, you're not telling me what I did. After, so no offense. I'm just going to offend you again. Because I don't know what I did that offended you so much. And you can't tell me. So it's kind of like your reaction to whatever because I don't mean to be mean like I know some people might say oh Brie you're really mean or whatever no I mean I might have my ways here and there, but I'm not like I'm not like mean or I'm going to intentionally tell you especially in church you think I want God to sit there and hold it against my head I ain't got time to be going to hell for you you're not that important <laughs> I don't know it was just like your reaction to everything is I mean, I can only speak for my actions, like you, you've been saying. How you react to whatever I say, it is what it is. People fail to forget the truth hurts. Just like a lot of people think they're going to heaven. This is kind of off topic, but a lot of people think they're going to heaven. They think anyone can get in heaven. So I used to say, so y'all think hell is just empty. Everybody going to heaven and hell is just empty because you got rappers out here. Oh, yeah, they're going to heaven to be with the Lord. And I'm like, was it not just cussing people out and drinking and smoking? And it's like, I'm not judging them based off of that. But looking at the lifestyle that they portray, I don't think that they're going to go to heaven. Um, I can't place no one in heaven or hell. But I can judge their lifestyle by the word and say, mm, it's going to be a little hot. Well, the Bible says you know them by their fruits. So it's you're looking at the fruits that they're bearing. Now, and I'm not saying in a judgmental way, but you're showing me who you are. So I'm just assuming that that's who you are. But again, if I have that odd against you, I'm going to come to you and say, Hey, this is what I think I'm seeing. Like, am am I looking at it wrong? Please correct me if I'm wrong. You know, and, and that's the problem in the church. We don't do that. We feel like it's not Christian to like call people out on their stuff. Like, how are you going to get it right? If, if you don't call somebody out on it, call me out by all means, call me out. 
Yeah. I want to know if I've offended you because it is definitely never my intention. Like people are like, oh my gosh, you're so sweet. You're nice to everybody. Sh but, but shouldn't we be? Like, how is that something to applaud? That's the scary part is when people are applauding church people on the back for being nice. Like, what? Isn't that like I a never even thought about it? Well, no one's ever applauded me for being nice. Because honestly, I'm not gonna lie, Leslie. When I was on the world, of course I was mean. And becoming into Christ, I mean, I guess I'm still like a little rough, but because you didn't know me when I was out there, my niceness, like, y'all should be applauding me, but they still think, like, you know, I'm rude sometimes. <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm not being rude. This is me being nice. You guys got to understand, this is Bree's niceness. This is as nice as she's going to get. So please stop. The Lord has worked on my heart, my mind. I'm being nice. You're just sensitive. <laughs> That's <okay. laughs> That was my whole thing, but God has definitely told me, you know, like, okay, Brie, soften up a little bit, and it, I guess I'm so mean because my heart might still be a little bit hardened, and there's some things he got to work on, but because that relationship isn't there and as tight-knit as it was when I first came to him, it's like, the more I draw to him, the more he'll continue to work on me. You know how mm -hmm. he put the uh potter in the potter's wheel or whatever you know mm -hmm. work and mold me shape me if it's marred go ahead pound it back down build me back up beat it's me like, lord beat me jesus beat me <laughs> just beat me, <laughs> beat me lord i need it because there's still a little bit of me that needs some working on a lot of it but it's a progress. yeah no I get it we all do girl and if we act like we got it together we we land we land ah, I had it together I lost it I'm trying to get back together and it's gonna take the work of Jesus to get there yeah but it's an ever-growing thing because we'll never reach perfection while we're on earth and in flesh we we just won't um yeah. Cicely said one thing I strive to, to strive for is not to be easily offended I figure if someone is offended by me they'll talk to me I do my best not to offend anyone I do try to be easily approachable that is awesome now that is something that I don't know about you Cecilia and I don't know about you Bree, but I'm so sick and tired of hearing about people being offended like bro I don't know what you want me to do because in that case I'm not going to say anything because you, literally you can say blue and somebody's like oh she was talking about my outfit because it was blue what yeah. i have no idea what you're talking about everybody's so easily offended and it's exhausting it is legit exhausting stuff like that is the crazy yes thing. and you're walking on eggshells in church all the time trying to figure out like oh what to say and what not to say because you don't want to offend somebody like i I'm not gonna lie. i just don't talk to you if you like that, I don't talk to you. Just stay away from I me. I can't. I can't even risk talking to you because I ain't trying to go into no meeting with the pastor. And then I sit here and apologize and ask for forgiveness because I told you hi. And you probably didn't like the way I said the hey. And I'm like, girl, bye. I, I just don't talk to me. Good yeah, because I remember Papa used to say, like, um, Bishop Kennedy was my original pastor. And what he used to say was just because somebody doesn't have a smile on their face all the time don't mean that they're upset about anything. It just means not today for them. And you just accept that. Mm -hmm. Like I, that was me. I'm not gonna lie. There was a few times pastor had to call me out because I just came. I don't know what it was. I literally just came in there with a funky mood. But he wasn't one of those. He's gonna get your attitude right because you gonna learn to praise God no matter the circumstances and what's going on. You need to open your mouth and give God a praise because He brought you here. And me, I was so stubborn. And it was terrible. Like, I remember that's when I was messing up. I got caught up in a soul tie. And, you know, when you get caught up in a soul tie, ain't no coming from that. Like, 
it was really, really hard. That's where I think I struggled the most is when I call myself trying to be grown, thinking, oh, I'm strong enough. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do it. And I got stuck up in this whole time. The Lord warned me. And the crazy thing, he warned me. I didn't take heed. And I still did what I wanted to do. And then I was in like a six to seven, eight month soul time trying to get myself together and I'm like Lord thank you for sparing me in that time because I was not in your will I was far from your will you warned me so I wouldn't get there I was being disobedient so I was like Lord have mercy I was like thank you for sparing me because my relationship when I say fell off like let's say I'm still trying to get my relationship back together type thing like it's been I don't know how long now over it's a process it's a long process but as long as we're in the process it's all that matters as long as we are not as long as we're striving and we're in the process and god knows that we are committed to him then i mean honestly grace (laughs) you have to he he gives us so much grace and the thing is it's like he doesn't give us grace as a permission to do what we want to do but he gives us grace to let us know look i know you couldn't do it i know that there's no way that you can get it right. That's why I came in flesh to get it right for you because you in flesh is not going to get it right. You can't get it right. The Israelites couldn't get it right. He kept giving them chance after chance. They couldn't get it right. Okay. The people in Noah's day couldn't get it right. The people in Lot's day couldn't get it right. And then, you know, the Adam and Eve even started it when they couldn't get it right. Cause it's this flesh of ours that we're in this flesh, this, this human flesh that we're in, we can't get it right. So he was like, you know what? Forget it. I love them so much that I know that as long as they're in that flesh, they're not coming to me on their own. So let me do it for them. And so he showed us so much love that he came here on this earth to be in flesh himself, to be tempted in all ways that we are tempted in and focus on fighting through it. And even when he asked to be delivered from it or for it to pass in the Garden of Gethsemane, he still was willing to do it. And he did it so that we we don't have to I mean, we don't have to stress like we're doing. We beat ourselves up more than he does. Right, and that's why I mean, that's what his grace is sufficient. Sufficient, (laughs) and he restores your grace. What, like, every day you get new measures of grace and mercy, every dog one day, every new morning, or people take advantage of that. Well, that's one thing that kind of irritates me with like, I don't want to say sinners, but people out in the world who don't know God, like, we might know him. You can't use the scripture. Well, God knows my heart, God knows my heart, yeah, he knows your heart, but there's also requirements he's requiring mm-hmm. of us just because he knows your heart doesn't mean he'll be he can know your heart he knows my heart at the end of the day yeah that's what he's gonna look at but he's also gonna look at the works that you've done he's gonna look at okay was she doing this was she doing that does she know who i am because i would hate for him to say depart from me for i never knew you and yeah you're thinking well lord i knew you i was doing this i was doing that i told you i loved you i posted you on here there is more to being in christ than just simply saying, I love you. It's a lifestyle. And people don't understand that your lifestyle is how you worship and praise God. We were all put here and created to worship God and spread the gospel and everything. And if you're not doing that, technically, you're kind of out of the will of God because that's your main purpose for being here, spreading his word and worshiping and praising him for everything he's done, not worshiping and praising the devil because of the music, because whatever the heck you want to listen to, it don't it don't get you nowhere. Well, see, and... And see, I think that's the problem is like we forget about Romans um, 12, 1 through 2. OK, Romans 12, 1 through 2. OK, that's another reason why I believe it's so easy for people to leave the church and so hard to come back is because 
Romans 12, 1 through 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies, your bodies, a living sacrifice. So that means everything you want to do with your body is supposed to be a living sacrifice that you present holy and acceptable unto God. You are not conforming to the ways of this world. You're not conforming to what the world wants this body to do. You're not conforming to what this, the world says is okay for this body to do, but you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind, and that's constantly being fed the word of God and what he says and praying and building that relationship with him, renewing your mind, okay, so that you can figure out what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That's yeah. the problem is people don't Our do that. Our bodies are God's temple. Like they, yeah. They and don't get me wrong. Like y'all probably see tattoos on me. I didn't know no better then. Well, I probably knew, but I didn't understand who God was. So it's like people look at my tattoos now and I'm kind of like, dang, I really wish I never had them because it's a constant reminder. Okay. What'd you do? Why'd you do that? Who's that? What's that for? I didn't know you weren't supposed to mark a bruise or pierce your body and all that stuff. I know now. And once you know, and you come to the knowledge of, if you go to do it again, you're now held, like mm -hmm. you're charged with that because you know better and you choose to do wrong. So it's better that you not know than to know and not do. And for me, I haven't done it. Of course, you know, tattoos, they can be addicting. I went through a little phase and even being in Christ, I'm like, well, I want to try and do it. I'm going to go and do it anyways. Mm -mm. Jesus won't have that because he, he, <laughs> right karen says god tells us to call others out but with compassion forget address forgot address okay so what i'm thinking you're saying is that he he wants us to call each other out but in the right way in the right spirit obviously um with compassion uh sister lisa said there's enough of that in this world to have to deal with it in the church so crazy and stressful causing others not to talk to them it is hard to talk to someone that's always offended yes so she's referring to the offended thing that we were talking about very true um karen said god knows what temptation is all about he experienced it as well amen he did yeah. he said he was tempted in all ways yet and without sin exactly sister lisa said you preach it now <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Paulette says, sometimes it's hard to come back because you can't forgive yourself. Say that, Paulette. That is that 110% true. Yes, a lot of people, they, they even sometimes can't even fathom that God forgives them. So, of course, it's hard for them to forgive themselves. And some think... Even so that, oh, God's, God can forgive me, but, I, you know, I, it's just so hard for me to forgive myself. And it's so true, Paulette. That's 110%. Like, you're constantly being reminded. And that's nothing but the devil, honestly. Because think about it. God's all about the good. So it, there's only good and evil. So which one could it be? So right. it, that's often hard for a lot of people is they think that they've done things too gross or too offensive to come back to God. And what they don't understand is that drama and trifling people is from the Genesis all the way to Revelation. You got trifling <laughs> people. <laughs> like, you got all these kind of stories that are so far left that people don't understand. But that's obviously part of my workshop that I do. So that's a whole nother topic. But, yeah. But, like, what people need to understand that you can never go too far. You can never go too far that you can't come back. Never, ever, right. ever, ever, ever go too far that yeah. you can't come back. He says he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. So even in your deepest, darkest hour, when you think that you are doing the most disgusting thing possible, there is no way that God knows, oh, yeah, boo, he sees you and he forgives you. He loves you and he wants you to come back before it's too late.
That is the thing for any and everybody, whoever you are listening, no matter how far you've gone, no matter how bad you think you've done, it is not far enough or bad enough that God won't take you back. Okay. Uh, Sister Lisa says, say that, Paulette. That's the truth. The guilt and regret play in the head. It sure does over and over again. I constantly get tormented, it feels like, with things that I've done in the past or things that come to my mind, especially my mind. I promise you I, I'm a little psycho on this. I promise. I got some type of issues, multi-personality, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I got mind problems. <laughs> Uh, Karen says, amazing grace. Amen. Amen. Uh, Kimberly says, amen. Yes. Yes. Isn't it so good guys to know that his grace is sufficient for us. It doesn't matter. It does not matter how far we go. You know, we can say it all day long. It's easy to leave. Yeah, it is easy to leave, but boo is so easy to come back. It's just ourselves don't allow us to come back. Right. What makes it hard is you don't want to, and you get so caught up in doing you and, getting into the things of the world it drags you even further out but one way or another god will let you go out until you get tired and once you get tired oh he'll let you come back you might be bruised up and everything oh but you can come back so it's all right it may be hard and you can be gone for up to a year but you're hiding you coming back one way or another mm-hmm. with this with one limb one eye one eyelash one eyebrow he wants you <laughs> you ain't too broke <laughs> You ain't too broken. You ain't missing too many limbs. You know, with other people, you know, it's like, oh, they look at the beauty of this. God don't care how ugly you are. You're going to get boo. How like you could be lost your teeth from being 10 years on drugs. You could have done whatever. God, do not care. He just wants you. Just Mm -hmm. wants all of you. And he'll take you however he can get you. Brittany says, amen. He won't ever let go. We are the ones who wiggle our fingers from his grips. Amen. Um, Kimberly says that's the lies of the enemy. God forgives. Yes, he does. He forgives wholeheartedly. 110%. She said, God is always with us. We just need to turn back. Amen. He's always there. He's waiting and beckoning for us to come back. We just have to make the choice. That's it. The only thing standing in between you and God's grace and forgiveness and the kingdom is a choice. One choice, one decision. It's you. You have to make the decision. And like we were talking about with the people in the church, if that is your problem, okay, number one, get that out of your head, okay, because people are everywhere. Like we talked about last week um, with with June um, on the topic where we talked about why is it so hard to love church people. Last week, she had mentioned um, we go to Walmart. Somebody offends us in the parking lot. Somebody offends us in the grocery line. The cashier, you know, offends us. We still going back to Walmart. We ain't going to not go to Walmart because somebody offended us. So why why should church be any better, any worse, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. And, and to the people in the church who feel like you have just this doesn't apply to you because you have been your seasoned saint and you've been in the church for 30 years. And I, I encourage everyone to just just evaluate themselves, evaluate themselves, because God, want, we need to grow with the vine. And for those who don't know, the vine is Jesus and the branches is the people of God. OK, mm-hmm. people in the church, the vine, the branches. So I encourage you. This is the quote that I always like to say, grow with the vine. But don't choke the branches. Okay. Right. So you can grow with the vine. Just don't choke the branches in the process. You ain't got to step on nobody trying to get to Jesus because it ain't a race. It ain't who gets there first. It's oh who gets God. there. <laughs> That's it. Grow with the yeah. vine, but don't choke the branches in the process. Um, she said that's a great analogy. I'm glad. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Do you have any other comments, Bree, before we close? 
Um, they just go to remember that God stands at the door and he knocks and it's up to you whether or not you want to open the door and let him in. And I promise you, if you open the door and let him in, it's the best decision you ever make. Your life will change. But otherwise, he'll keep standing there and knocking and knocking and knocking until you want to let him in. And you just have to make that decision for yourself. That's Yep. Just one decision, one choice. Yep. That's right. Well, thank you so much, Bree. It's been a blessing to have you on the show. <laughs> I appreciate you taking your time. Poor Bree. She's like at a hotel trying to tune in from a remote spot. So we thank you so much for taking time out on your vacation to speak with us. Have a great rest of your night. <laughs> Love you. Love you. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, so thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate um, you all coming tonight. Oh, Kelly, you are totally welcome. That is the whole po- I mean, Kimberly, <laughs> you are totally welcome. That's the whole point of this show is that we all glean from each other. We learn from each other. We lean on each other and just to grow in Christ. That's the whole point. So I encourage you guys to tune in next week. Next week, our show um, the discussion we're going to be talking about is why does tradition hinder the church? Why does tradition hinder the church? And our guest speaker will be Miss Crystal Hall, all the way live from Alaska. She's going to be joining us live from Alaska <laughs> next week. And we're super excited. She's going to take out time, uh, definitely a huge time difference, and <laughs> meet us via this show to talk about why tradition hinders the church. So we are super excited and looking forward to next week. Thank you all again for joining us. I hope you guys can tune in next week, Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Thanks again, everybody. Have a good night.